Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. was a dum dum so this is dum dum the shabbily reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am Royal Brown, who is handsome in bold pinks and blues, and today I'm joined by... The never-cheating sportsperson that is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguine. This week's dum dum which you heard there, uh, was from R. Marie Bray. And on this week's episode, we are lucky enough to hear from Drew from Hamilton via Tokyo Witherspoon in the Upper Lower East West Side. Auntie Jean, I believe it's actually in Bristol. And Tracy Brown in California. Crumbs 
talk about all four points of the compass, folks. On this episode, we're also going to have a tweet of the week from our purple pumpkin. Got to stay around for that. It's a corker this week. And we have the social media roundup from our Stephen Bodum. Now, uh, the Facebook roundup is coming and we're going to be welcoming new members from our Facebook group also. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue, the Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sue, Queen or Tart on the Twitters and yet another week in Ambridge. On Sunday, there were shenanigans at the cricket with Tracy juggling one of the many Ambridge sets of twins in order to put one of the Gleasons in twice. She got a proper telling off by Jim. He was sore from hearing the Darrington lot say that he can't add up any more. They won't be doing that again. That'll be not putting a Gleason in twice, not Darrington complaining about him. There was some farming. You know how much I love it when we get a bit of that. Tom and Natasha packed up veg boxes, including a special one for Linda, who seems to have a new birthday. (laughs) Presumably she got that with her MBE, like having an official birthday and an unofficial birthday, like the Queen. Who knows? There was much talk of cheese posting, but no water buffaloes this week to make mozzarella. And Natasha's mum is coming when the babies are born, which seems very sensible to me. It sounds, though, like Tom is worried that Pat's nose will be put out of joint. Well, there's something to look forward to. Vince manned up and told Steph to tell her sister the truth. She is a proper little madam. Susan gave some advice on supply chain for cheese. I do hope the scriptwriters have done their research on this. Temperature control for it. I don't want to end up having to shout at the radio when they get it wrong. Oh, look, there I was shouting at the radio at the fate meeting. Linda, MBE, cutting off her nose and everybody else's to stop Oliver giving the village some money for the fate. You could tell Susan had spent the money in about ten seconds flat, but Linda was determined to say no. Well, that lasted about ten minutes. She relented after being shamed about how much money Oliver spent keeping things going. I was very touched at her reasoning and about how she felt about the other people at Grey Gables. I do wish Tracy was back working there after he listening to her chicken factory induction. Jazza, word to the wise, chicken's off the menu for the foreseeable future. This new job, well, it's not going to end well, is it? She's already hacked off her supervisor by being, well, Tracy. Um, her problem is that she's always going to be an active contributor and will never know when to keep her gob shut. Telling your new supervisor all the things that need to change will get you put on the butt end, apparently. Two million birds a month, imagine that. And you could get that Saturday off. Never tell someone on your first day that you'll take extra shifts. Back to the cases. Steph is still lying. Well, of course she is. Finally, she admits there was only one of them tangoing and Beth has a wobbly. Has she lost Ben forever? I'm jumping ahead here. No. <laughs> it's all part of having young people, of course. They are back together. The script writers are shaping them up to be the new Dan and Doris. Alliterative names, don't you know? It'll be Friday before it's all sorted, but we'll get there. Don't panic. Then it was Denise's finest hour, well, apart from her wardrobe malfunction. Fortunately, this was not a Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl level of wardrobe malfunction, just a broken <laughs> zip. <laughs> Alistair tried Shula first for a dress. Probably one last used at the hunt ball, but sadly she was out. I never expected it to be Chelsea coming to the rescue, as there are several decades, I think, between her and Denise. I'd like to be going to the same charity shops Chelsea does. 
in London, you would not get an evening outfit for 10 quid. Chelsea, this sounds like a great new career for you. It's a great shame Denise didn't win, but Jacob's character assessment managed to get in catheters and faeces, so it sounds just like my kind of evening. And with Ben and (laughs) Beth back together, we close with Susan wanting a new hobby. Perhaps she should take up pottery, and she and Will can make cowpats together. Hmm. Till next week, then. Oh, crumbs. She's got a new sign-off. Didn't, yeah. see, didn't see that one coming. No, me neither. Quite a surprise. What do you reckon to the last week in Ambridge? Overall opinions, Madame Berto. Overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought there were a lot of contrasts between um, couples and things. Mm-hmm. I liked mm-hmm. the. Uh, I actually liked the crickety bit at the beginning and all the faffing around Ooh. and the guilt making. So I'm not a great uh, cricketing fan. Had it thrust around me by my father more, when I was young. Are you more into like boule or whatever the heck you people do over there? Well, we do Breton boule here, which is oh, okay. everybody thinks it's those little metal things that clank around, but they're great big balls that are made of composite materials. Uh, <laughs> my neighbour has, has built a new boule court because our municipal oh. one has been um, grassed over. Nobody could keep on top of the worker looking after it. And, yeah, look, I'm waffling already. Stop it. Right, right, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, so you've so, you've uh, led me astray already. <laughs> so you approved of the cheating? Uh, no, I did not. On. No, I well, didn't approve of that at all. You said you liked enjoy- the cricket. I did enjoy cheating. hearing... Yeah, I did. I did enjoy hearing us at the cricket match against Darrington. I did enjoy Jim's intervention with Tracy afterwards, putting her in her place about the Mm -hmm. cheating. I don't believe Mm -hmm. in cheating in any way whatsoever at anything, let alone sports. There you are. Not even it's for the greater good. It wasn't for the greater good anyway, what she did. It was just to try and win and they just still didn't win. So No, no, no. no. I'm not (laughs) saying that that was for the greater good. You said you don't believe in cheating at all. No, I don't. Ever. Even if it's for if absolutely no, I don't think you should. Can't no branch. lying, no cheating. Nada. Absolutely, nada, rien. Gotcha. Right. I think really what I've heard you say is last week was for the kids. This week was for the grown-ups. So you enjoyed this week's. I enjoyed last week's as well. So it was just you that didn't enjoy. Oh it gosh, you week. did. You did. I wasn't the only person. <laughs> no, you weren't. The... Last week. <laughs> you were not on I'll your be... own. Exactly. I was... <laughs> It's a good few million. We're like, what the heck was that? But anyway, right. Fundamentally, this podcast is not about you and I, Madame Berto. It's about the legions of listeners. It's about the dum dumbers on all four corners of planet Earth. So I think we should have a little bit of this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Apropos to our international nature of this podcast, you're in Brittany and this is Drew from Hamilton in Ontario, who's in Tokyo. Hello, everyone at Dumpty Dum Towers. This is Drew calling in with a report after a very unusual week at the Tokyo branch office. I'm going to start with a discussion about a book which is related to the archers, so please bear with me. I'm sure that many of you have read Daniel Keyes' 1966 novel, Flowers for Algernon. In the novel, severely mentally handicapped bakery employee Charlie Gordon was given an experimental surgery to raise his IQ to genius levels. As Charlie's intelligence grew, he figured out ways to run the bakery more efficiently, and his boss and co-workers, who previously enjoyed having Charlie around as someone they could feel superior to, quickly grew uncomfortable and Charlie soon found himself unemployed. If Flowers for Algernon isn't your thing, a similar plot happened on The Simpsons when Homer had a crayon removed from his brain. I felt very badly for Tracy this week, as you know she tried to figure out her place in the unskilled labor force after a few years in a position with so much more responsibility. Working at Grey Gables was Tracy's experimental surgery, and now she's found herself in her boss's crosshairs after having shown her up. Tracy's boss thinks of herself as the smartest one in the group and is uncomfortable having someone else around who can hold her own. In Flowers for Algernon, and in the Simpsons episode, come to think of it, Charlie ended up back at the bakery after his surgery eventually failed, and he finally got stupid enough, if you'll forgive the expression, for his colleagues to not feel put off by him anymore. My biggest hope for Tracy is that this won't happen. I hope that she'll find another great job that's more in line with her growth over the past several years and leave the horrible chicken lady behind her. That's all from me. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Love hearing from Drew. Uh, Right, Madame Berto. Tracy's growth, did she have a crayon in her head? Is she um, some avatar for that classic book in in the 1960s? Over to you. I think Drew's made a very good assessment of what her position is. I think she's uh, she doesn't know how to um, handle herself generally, uh, Tracy. She's a bit over the top with things. She's a bit over familiar. You know, most of us would crawl into that uh, position and be quiet and then get louder, um, some quicker than others. But um, it was very cringing. As soon as she said, oh, she'd left a um, a note on her desk. Oh, God, I was cringing for Tracy, waiting for the outcome, because nobody in their right mind on the first day would leave notes for the boss saying where mm. things have gone wrong. Yeah, it's one of those uh, weird and wonderful things. 
it does show her naivete, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. But she's quite interesting because the contrast with her daughter, Chelsea, who um, is have the same ilk. And what an amazing um, comparison of voices. They've managed to find two actors who can do voices. They, they, she actually sounds like her mum's daughter. But she's actually mm. really got a lot of nouse about her, but she's also got a lot of get up and go and walk all over everybody. So maybe she gets that from her mum. Just on the old accents thing, I'm really struck by the amount of West Midlands sounding voices that we're getting on the Archers now with the cases. Though I do think Steph is almost kind of like comedy brum. Um, whereas Vince is just solidly, solidly kind of like Virgin on the Black Country. But there's been a definite memorandum on high to have accents that kind of sound that they're they're from the West Midlands. But anyway, uh, that 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 that's purely as as an aside. Tracy is naive, but is just a bundle of energy, isn't she? And she just wants she to is. do well, and she wants to safeguard a position in this job, and she can't is kind of going about it the wrong way by yes um embarrassing her uh, her line manager so, so yeah. to speak and not really realizing at all what what she was doing so i kind of loved that um i really love the conversation um the before and after conversations with uh, jim and uh jazza because I, I felt like they were really bigging her up with the brunch and everything before she went in for her first shift and then when she came home jim saw immediately that she was um there was something not quite on put it down to tiredness but uh mm. i loved that contrast between those two conversations and what a great support jim is to the, that couple he's such a nice guy oh, listen um a- absolutely uh even down to when Tracy's saying, you know, is Jazza coming around too much? He's like, nope, he's always welcome, you know, within reason. You know, you know, is it Chelsea? You know, type of thing. You know, you're, you're utterly, like, spot on, Jim. Um, it is a total wonder and a marvel. Um, I didn't, and that's what but, Tracy appreciated, wasn't it? Yeah. The fact that he is so lovely. And then she was completely cheesed off because uh, the Darrington lot had dissed him and yeah. uh, mocked him and that was that set her hackles up so it's a kind of multi uh protective uh relationship they're both after each other uh, guarding each other's backs which is such a great relationship between generations it, it absolutely is now this i don't know about you but this episode i've done a lot of research right um, i should so hope I'll, so after we've yeah, been I, told I, off you know we've been told properly, off research i got out my my, uh my big archers album uh sorry annual (laughs) uh and uh and i've thumbed through every page right i don't remember hearing of any gleason twins before no i think they're new they're new i i i too have done quite a lot of research about to where they've come from and the first mention of them was in march this year so there you go oh so so they have been mentioned before the gleason twins yeah yeah, they were. They came in at the beginning. Then this year, they, they're known oh, the as season. runners. They're runners. You see, they get out and run. Okay, so that's the reason why I'm not aware of them because I kind of was in, still in my archer sabbatical in March. Yes, but my heavens, there is something in the water in the River Am, isn't there? The amount <gasps> of twins in that that village. But I'm not the only person to make this comment. But I was like, come on now. 
Come on. No, now. you're not. You're not. We had that. Mm. We, I think we had this conversation a few weeks ago uh, when we it did. was announced that she was having a boy and a girl. Yet another boy and a girl. There's definitely something in the water put there by Brian. Of course, we know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you did you remember that because you did your research? Uh, yeah, I've, I've really checked up. <laughs> I fact checked checked this conversation as we're going along. I'm here on my phone, <laughs> smashing. Right, Drew. It's always lovely to hear from you, sir. And uh, keep those reports coming from the Tokyo branch office, please. So that's Tokyo covered. Uh, now let's go to the good old United States. Let's go to the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. Um, I believe we're going to go to Manhattan and the upper, lower, east, west side. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Woodspoon and Angus Haggis here. Well, it seems what's been happening in London this week has been as entertaining as the archers. But let's stick with the important breaking news from Ambridge. We had two major resolutions. First, Linda makes peace with Oliver, thanks to a diplomatic intervention from an unexpected source, William, who now makes eccentric pottery. Who would have thunk it? We like good Linda, too much for bad Linda to stick around for too long. Linda learned more from William about Oliver's struggles to keep the hotel open during very difficult times, and we learn more about Linda still having some struggles with the trauma of the explosion. Well, let's hope for a fun-filled fate and for William to successfully flog his not-so-fine firings. Second resolution this week. Beth and Ben reunite. Only two years minus 103 weeks quicker than I predicted last week. (laughs) I was hoping and expecting this to play out for a while, but I was surprised by Vince's insight into his older daughter's behavior, his intervention in support of Beth, and Steph's full confession. Now that our young couple has been restored to a loving state, I hope they won't get too boring. Maybe Steph, whom we love to hate, will have a personality-altering journey, join a convent, and become a midwife. Now, that's something I would <laughs> listen to or even watch. Talk to you soon. Thank you for that, Mr. Spoon. Uh, uh, shall, we, shall we start in reverse? Uh, Steph, is she going to go on a journey? Because mm, I must you. admit, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, that Vince, uh, as forensically, uh, you know, listened to, then forensically taken apart, uh, or at least revealed the inconsistencies of what she was saying. So he absolutely knew uh, she was telling porky pies. I thought um, we were going to be just see, or shall I say, hear Vince be the enabler of her bad behaviour. I think he realised that he has been, hasn't he? He's been the enabler of her bad behaviour and he recognised that. So, um, But I was quite pleased that uh, everybody's screaming at their radios or their wirelesses about uh, her behaviour and how she's manipulating her dad. Um, not the first or last daughter to manipulate their papa, for sure. Uh, but uh, the fact that he recognised it, that's... Um, 
was it was amazing. I think it was very good. And he had to step away. He had to step away. As he said, she's nearly 30. He's been enabling mm. her for 30 years. So uh, the fact that he handed uh, said that he needs it's time for Beth to have some of his support now. So yeah. I think it was I thought yeah. it was extremely moving. Yeah, no, it, it was good. Um and obviously there was the wedding last year, which I, I didn't hear. And then there were, and I remember him running around because uh, I was still listening during the prep of the wedding. I remember he does the deal with David, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm presuming though, that all of her bad behavior, he's just kind of glossed it over and been there, there, there. Yeah. That's what he seemed to be saying. I mean, we haven't, heard much of that and the the intense interaction we've had of the cases in the last few weeks is actually quite unusual because we've actually heard um case uh, Vince with other people we've heard Steph with other people we've heard Mm. Beth with other people but this week it's been especially it's been a lot of Vince and um Steph or Vince and Beth um trying to sort out their own problems so it's kind of bringing in another whole family into the archers away mm. from the archers the aldridges etc uh so yeah. um which i found a quite interesting move on the part of the script writers me me too me too uh, hence my my little thing about the whole kind of accent thing which i'm i'm sure i've actually, actually mentioned before but i'm still yet to work out steph but i w- i don't want her to go on her journey too soon and all and and as Witherspoon says, you know, become a monk and and just sorry a nun, and uh, and become this bland character. As much as I don't understand her, I kind of do like the kind of craziness of her and the selfishness and the solipsistic nature of the character. So let's just hope that she can relapse into this kind of crazy influencer world because then we've got our two listeners, our two young people that listen yeah we only have two young people two people under 30 that listen to this podcast because as soon as steph casey has got a big story on i think we should call them up and get them on what do you reckon i do i absolutely agree and i i also i in fact i'm i'm really surprised at myself i'm actually thoroughly ingre- agreeing with you and on all counts there uh royfield i don't want Why it to disappear i don't i, I don't, don't see a- oh <laughs> but i don't see anything controversial me no, 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 you don't, of course, because you've done so much good research beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, uh, but you're right. She should go on a journey, but we should see that journey. I don't want her to disappear yeah. into the ether. I think I want yeah. to have her interacting in her own indomitable way with and carry on with the uh, introducing and um, educating people like me about influencing and uh, all the rest of it. So. There we go. We could become influencers. We could uh, influence people about things. But I, you are an influence. You would be a key if you were to do like a social media graph. You'd be a key archers fan influencer. You are. You're on this podcast. Just saying. Indeed, I keep trying. I don't, I don't think the BBC at the Archers will be uh, dragging me in as one of their influencers. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually in the middle of their demographic, but I don't think I'm not in the right country anyway. I'm not even allowed to call into Woman's Hour because I'm in in France. <laughs> so, what? Like they actively ban calls that, from France to Woman's Hour. 
they ask people to call it call in about different subjects ahead mm-hmm. or for the next day. I've called in several times and they always ring me back and say, Oh, but you're in France. No, sorry, we don't think no, maybe that won't work for us because you're not in England or not in the UK. So there you go. Sacre bleu. Absolutely. Goodness. Right. Well, is that is that because of Brexit or you don't pay your license fee? <laughs> I think it's because I can't talk about current things in the UK. I can only talk about yeah, you previous can. You listen to Radio 4. Of course you can. Yeah. That's right, and I'm listening to Woman's Hour, so there you go. Uh, I think it's because I don't pay my license fee. You're quite right. I get all this gubbins for free, (laughs) so they're not going to put someone like me on, are they? Exactly, (sighs) exactly. And I I agree with the BBC. If you don't pay your license fee, what are you doing on the radio? Right, now, uh, that's our Witherspoon, and uh, now it's uh, Tracy Brown, and she's in California. Ooh. All right. Hey, Dumpty Dummers. This is Tracy from California. Haven't been around for a minute. I just got past a crazy bout of COVID and been busy with other personal projects, but I'm glad to be coming to you today. Okay. So this may be a little belated, but I am absolutely befuddled by the talk of grazing buffalo to make mozzarella um, by Tom and um, Helen. And it's like, do they not know that you can make mozzarella from cow and goat milk? And I know maybe the best mozzarella comes from um, whatever, from buffalo milk, um, which I hadn't thought about prior to their conversation. But um, they can make it from the things that they already have. So I don't know why they're so terrible at business. You know, they could use things that they already have on hand and in large supply. And I feel like some time ago, somebody talked about dumping milk because they couldn't shift it all. It may have been during the pandemic. I'm not sure. Maybe that was David and Ruth. But either way, Ridge Farm keeps lamenting the loss of their Grey Gables contract versus digging in their heels and saying, OK, how do we find a new revenue stream for what we already have? So they're making a big to do about their products and their processes and blah, blah, blah. Well, what if they made a big to do about making, you know, great mozzarella out of goat and cow milk? At least explore it. They have plenty of raw materials on hand also, um, or they could also make like yogurt and kefir for schools or homeless shelters or other places that can use high quality nutrient rich foods. And then, you know, um, publicize the fact that they did it Um, and doing it for the good of the community and free advertising has got to be worth something. There must be some way to wrangle a tax deduction out of it. Anyway, that's my time. Talk to you soon. Very good, Tracy. My cousin Tracy, she's done some proper thinking about this, hasn't she? Uh, but she I has. believe you've, you've also done some research on the subject. I of, have. Madame I have. Even the before I heard Tracy's call. Thank you. Even mm. before I heard Tracy's call, I had to look into um, what other kind of milks can you make uh, mozzarella out of? Because, of course, traditionally it's made out of water buffalo or buffalo or something. And I just can't. Just can't see them going down that line. But doesn't Pat have a herd of goats? She did at one point. They've definitely got them on billiards. So, and then there's the there's another um, there are other cows around. Maybe they could buy mm. in milk from other people, uh, from uh, Brookfield, for example. Because yes, it's a big thing. Mozzarella made out of goat cheese. It's all to do with the allergens, don't you know? It's one of those cheese. Yes, it's one of those milks that people are who are allergic to cow's milk 
can eat goat's cheese products. I like nothing more than a nice goat's cheese. So goat's uh, mozzarella, why not? Hmm. Can I to be slightly controversial here? I know that this podcast is set in a rural village and the, the industry of villages is fundamentally farming. But I care not a jot for when they talk in depth <laughs> about farming. And there is something in particular, something excruciatingly annoying. About Helen. Well, wherever Tom and Helen are involved. And and they always seem to go into the minutiae. It's all to do with marketing. I can't think of another farm that talks about marketing. Don't get me wrong. It's really important. I'm not saying it's not important. I care not to hear it. Right. You know, it's always their website and the this and the that. And oh, my. Gosh, they're just dreary. I'm... They're dreary. They're dreary. They're dreary like their parents, and um, I don't have any love for them at all. I have a lot of had a lot of sympathy for Helen in the day in years gone by, with her, mm-hmm. her angst with um, uh, the gamekeeper and with uh, Rob and all the rest of it. A lot of sympathy for her, but uh, not not with this business. Also. Her and Tom, they seem to be getting very jolly together, and that's even more irksome than when they're bickering. <laughs> so the poor characters can't really win with you. I, I think they could potentially win with me, and I do like – I think I still like Natasha. I think I do. Yeah, I like right? her. I she do. has the ability to knock some sense into Tom – yeah, she's not great with the credit card thing. Put that to one side. I think I believe them as a couple. But my God, Tom and Helen, please. <laughs> I know, please, yeah, quite. But Natasha, um, I think that's, I've been very curious about life in that farm this week because, of course, Pat was very shocked, I think, and very taken aback and is going to be entirely, utterly um uh, unfriendly towards Natasha's mum when she comes, oh, and that was something really cool. Absolutely, she, she was harsh. She didn't want the other granny around at all, did she? That she made that abundantly clear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Tom knew that was going to be the case. But that's you see, she's such a controlly, freaky woman. I don't know, you know, whoever could it be like that? <laughs> a scale of one to ten, right? With 10 being, I don't know if Pat Archer is a 10 when it comes to control freakery. L- Linda could well be a oh, 10. Linda Snell is a control freak. Right. And um, just on that, we didn't really talk about her and Grey Gables and the fact that Will says he didn't know he was paying the stuff out of his pocket. That was a know, surprise, the... wasn't it? It was Will. As it, well, was it Witherspoon that said that was an amazing yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That it was Will, yeah. a very surprising hero. Yeah, but, but Linda can be altered. She can be uh, persuaded, whereas I feel that Pat is someone that's fixed and set and it's very difficult to uh, mould her a bit. That's why uh, you know, I would I'm say Linda's a 10. <laughs> so where do you think you stand on having to be the puppet master in Sanguine? Because 
and with, and with your family, because I got a sneaky feeling you're a bit like it's the Madame Berto way or no way. You know, I reckon you could lay the law down. You you like you like to run a tight ship. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I know I I am, uh, but I'm left to my own devices a lot. I have a lot of time, a lot of control. My whole household is run by mm-hmm. me. My husband just comes in to eat and sleep because uh, he works a lot. Um, but he has his own little whims and does things. But generally, I am the one who decides things. Like I, I, almost everything. I would like. I would like to think, uh, Jacqueline, that he doesn't just eat and sleep. Yeah. You get the odd peck on the cheek. Oh, yeah, that as well. As well you know, that's he asks you how your day it? is as Yeah, well, it does and, indeed. Et et Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, French, but, French families are very uh, touchy-feely. When you get up in the morning and you go down to, to the kitchen where mum or dad mm-hmm. or whoever's making a cup of tea or the coffee or laying the table, all the children go round and peck the parents, say hello to them with a peck on the cheek. And so it's automatic. And when small children go into school from the age of three until really the end of primary, they kiss their teacher good morning when they go in. I mean, that's changed a bit with COVID. But I was so shocked when Emily started at primary school, aged four. Um, She went in uh, and uh, the teacher said hello. And all her friends, they all go up and kiss the teacher. And the teacher kisses them on the cheek back. It's unbelievable. And French families are like that. And you say goodnight to the rest of the family by going round. And even we have um, Emily's boyfriend's been staying for a few days. He gets mm-hmm. up in the morning and he comes and gives me a kiss and says good morning. You know, it's very strange when English people, we don't, as English people, we don't do that. So kissing is all part of French life. It was interesting. So you described that and you said it's very strange. And he says, as English people, we don't do that. So which one is strange, that the French do it or that the English don't? As when you've got English visitors, as we've had this weekend, Mm -hmm. they find it very strange that Emily came down and Alan, her boyfriend, came down this morning and they'd been at a party until three o'clock in the morning. I I was waiting for them to get back. We have signals, you know, with lights and things. And they came down to breakfast and we're all sitting around having coffee and croissants and things at about 9.30. And they knew these friends were leaving. So they set alarms to get up to say hello and goodbye. They walked down, walked into the kitchen and then kissed everybody. And the friends who are from Coventry were very surprised. (laughs) Well, you know what? Thank you for that little cultural lesson. I can't see that happening in many houses in uh, in Ambridge, though. Who would kiss? Who would who would kiss when they got up? I know not couples, but would um, no? You see, it just wouldn't happen, would it? You wouldn't get Ben and uh, Josh coming into the kitchen and giving David and um, uh, Ruth, Ruth a peck kiss. on the cheek, or even Granny, even even Jill. They wouldn't. Say no, good morning uh, with a listen- kiss. You, you are spot on. It's one of those things which is very culturally uh, specific, isn't it? That uh, it is, yeah. in our in our Anglo culture, we are not so demonstrative. Or uh, and if we show um, uh, affection, it's most definitely not in that way. But I, so my uncle just passed away. It's going to be two weeks uh, on Wednesday, oh, and. Sorry to hear that. 
and he and it's really interesting just he so he died two weeks ago on wednesday the funeral is not going to be until august the 9th oh for goodness sake how horrendous that is a long 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 time um and that's slightly exacerbated by kind of like covid but it's it's a lot of its culture and also it's kind of west indian culture it's it's northern hemisphere culture but also west indian culture in that you you wait a certain time this is longer than normal don't get me wrong but you wait a certain time because it means that people can fly in and then mm. show their respects mm. um friend of mine who is bosnian can not get their head around it because in their culture, it's it's, it's fundamentally a Muslim culture. You, the person gets buried either the same day, the latest, the next day. There is no people um, coming to see the body, and it's just one of those kind of cultural things. They cannot get their head around it. You know, no, it's, uh, it's the same here, uh, Royfield. Because in fact, we've had friends, English friends, who've lost members of their family. And locals say, oh, I'm sorry to hear she, her father's died. Um, uh, has she gone to England? I said, oh, no, she's not going to go until in three weeks' time when it's the funeral. And here, mm. by law, you have six days to have the funeral. Oh, wow. By law. You, you're not allowed. After, you, after someone's died, you're not allowed to not do, by the, um, go to the crematorium or bury them. Uh, more than seven days later, it's actually fixed fixed amount. So very, very, very interesting. So it's like big cultural difference. Massive so, cultural difference. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to do some research on that, uh, Madame Berto, as the reason why uh, the French br- brought in that rule. But I don't think it's a bad one. Like it, it has to be, When my cousin said to me, oh, we're going to bury him like August the 9th, I was like, wow, that is over a well over a month from his death but anyway you know yeah. there were mitigating circumstances and whatever but what Indeed. we do need to do though what we do need to do is go back to this script because it says Indeed. two calls then right and we did three so slap on the wrist for me the best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum don't forget the t in the middle it is dum t dum and uh, you'll also find a link in the show notes. And we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes. And bear in mind, you need to be at least 18 to take part. Uh, now, this podcast, as Quentin Rayner uh, so named it, is the people's podcast. So we need you, the people, uh, to help us out. There are three things which you can do to help us. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe uh, button on whatever podcatcher you will listen to this on. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, rate us on Apple iTunes and give us a five-star review. And finally, the third thing is you can consider coming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators like us, and there are different levels with different rewards. Now, in August... We're going to have uh, the return of our Friday Zooms. Now, the first one is going to be to all listeners of Dum-de-Dum. We're lining up a suitably important 
actor from the archers who's going to uh, sit down with us have a glass of wine have a chat with us on a friday evening but then after that sorry folks it's only going to be for the patreons so if you want to get in uh with that kind of patreon action that is one of the rewards that you always get the links to the friday zooms when we do them quite simply go to patreon.com which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com and search for dum-de-dum and we'll be chuffed to bits to have your support now um now it says before we go back to the calls don't forget you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your voice by going on to dumdydum.com and hitting contact us now next up it's auntie jean hello dumpty dummers it's auntie jean again it's going to be very short because i'm going to get shouty otherwise there is no way on anybody's earth anywhere in the universe in fact that Chelsea and De- Denise are the same size of dress. That is just utterly ridiculous. And I was mowing the lawn as I was listening to it, and I was falling about laughing. I mean, honest to God. Anyway, oh, isn't it nice that um, Ben and Beth are back together? But apart from that, I shall leave you to it. Nice to speak to you again. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, Auntie Jean. I can't talk uh, about uh, this this dress size thing, so I, I'm going to completely utterly remove myself from this conversation. Uh, what do you reckon to the allegation that there is no way that Chelsea and Denise can be the same size? It's not just the same size, it's the same kind of style. I'm quite glad to hear that uh, Denise was kind of poo-pooing some of the dresses, but this girl is 18 and Denise must be, what? I don't know how old she is. That's oh, I've missed out on some research uh, uh, there. So <laughs> I'm sure I don't know how old uh, Denise is. We'll have to edit that out because otherwise I look like oh, a number Oh no, two. we're going to leave, leave leave that in. But she's <laughs> at least got to be in her mid forties, hasn't she? Well, I would have thought so. There's no they talk about children, but I would imagine that she is. Um, obviously, Alistair's a bit hot under the collar about her, so and he's in his mid fifties. So, yeah, so she could be anything from mid forties to mid fifties. So, I can't imagine anything that Chelsea's picked up in a charity shop is going to be um, suitable for her. As she said, she she left home in a nice little black number. Alistair mm-hmm. muffed up the unzipping or the zipping of it, and then she's gone off in some other slinky number. Uh, so they're always going to be slinky, weren't they? So, mm-hmm. so it was a very on. But thank goodness it was Chelsea and not Shula. Can you imagine if she'd got Shula's cardies to cover up her, or Shula's <laughs> beige cardies to cover up her dress? I am waiting for when so when this whole thing plays out and her and Alistair get together, I am waiting for the Shula uncomfortableness because mm. as much like Shula doesn't want to be back with Alistair, we know that. Right. But still it's a major adjustment that you have to make when Indeed. you've divorced somebody and then they have a partner with the best will in the world. It's an a yeah, you know. Yeah. So and in I'm... fact they don't they don't have um a Dan around as well as a kind of filter for that. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not there Good anymore. Point. Um so if he was around more, if they had other children, um I know with my ex uh, and his wife, who was a, a friend of mine that he married, um uh we we could have had a very difficult relationship, but because my granddaughter lives with them, that's kind of a filter. 
that makes it less awkward. And she's a lovely woman, so uh, I get on very well with her. In fact, we could probably gang up on the ex. So there we go. But you know, <laughs> they don't have that. So Sheila will she Shula will definitely um, have a funny reaction. Mm. I'm quite looking forward question. to that. Yeah, well, um, um, me too. Big styly. Um, question: Since when have Alistair and Chelsea had any level of a relationship? So he would yeah, think did... to call her. <laughs> I know. I didn't even know where that came from, and we've never heard. To my knowledge, we've never heard them in the same scene. I know. No, no. Hang a second. Chelsea, of course, is a good one for dropping in on Jim, who's Alistair's dad, and they live together. Ah, uh, yes, so yes. of course, yeah. Oh, yes. nearly, that nearly slipped through the net, Royfield. It did. It did. Yeah, that's how they, yeah, of course they have. I, hadn't, I was thinking of oh, the Alistair, Chelsea, but in fact, we forgot the Jim factor. <laughs> oh, save that, that one. That, you did. Say, good save. Good save. That was interesting, though, as well, to have a call from Auntie Jean, who is the only British call we've had this week, because we've had yes. two statesiders, one a Canadian via Tokyo, and one person from Bristol-ish. Mm-hmm. I think she's from Bristol, mm-hmm. isn't she? Yeah. I, so, yeah, I'm like 99% certain. I know, I've met Auntie Jean, I think, twice. She's got that lovely times? Bristolian type of accent as well, that's why I always put Yeah, and when we did, we did a... Bristol meetup. I'm going to say 2017. It was some time ago, and she was most definitely there then. And she's been to London at least once, if not twice. So anyway, so um, it's like 99% certain Auntie Jean is in uh, the capital of the West Country, Bristol. Now uh, we've done Vince and Steph. We've done Helen and Tom just being oh uh, dreary as heck. Um, We've done the uh, vault fast, fast from Linda with a yes, bit of help did. from a Willem. Yes, and um, her then Beth, taking Beth up Oliver's offer. Um, here's the thing. It, talk about a character who's definitely going on, on a journey. It, it is Will, and it has been commented on before because he was angry. You know, Will has always had this coil of anger within him. You know, he's resented yeah. Ed. Hasn't he? Um, and his re- and his uh, Ed's relationship with his parents, and there's so much resentment there uh, in Will. And then, of course, the bitterness of the loss of Nick, which is just mm. didn't help anything. But then, through his stepdaughter, you know, pointing out that he wasn't the only one that lost somebody. He says, "I lost my mum. You didn't just lose your wife. I lost my mum." And that really, like, gave him pause for thought. We are seeing a much more considerate Will Grundy, you know, and obviously the whole pottery thing is a a sign of his, you know, rebirth or, you know, his development, shall we say, as opposed to rebirth. You know, and and then there he was, you know... You missed that's something you missed uh, when when you're having your little hiatus. Um, Mm -hmm. He uh, helped um, his... Mike Mia, he helped Mia, tried to help her with her revising because she was having that uh, thing. And he talked about taking night classes himself. She's encouraged him to take night classes and do something else. 
a cre- mm. something creative. I think even it might have been Linda that put him on to doing something creative. Um, and so he's obviously gone down that line. But what amazes me is the scale, the time scales. I mean, that was only halfway through this year and then all of a sudden she's uh he's got he's doing classes pottery classes found a pottery class halfway through an an educational year school year and started it and started producing things so that's one of those archers fairy things isn't it absolutely absolutely but i'm all up for will grundy the development the character arc of will grundy because um i love him and mia I truly believe him and Mia, when they're together, that they are great, you know, and it's very much a relationship of which they, they both uh, learn and, and grow from, from the other. Uh, so on that note, I think I'm just about all out of puff. I don't know about you. That's our caller in is done. And uh, this week we have no email in So come on, good people. Uh, pull your fingers out. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, as we said before, you can uh, go onto dumdum.com, hit contact us and send us in an electronic missive. And that's another way which you can contribute to the People's Podcast. Now it's reviews from Apple iTunes. And this week we've had one. And it says, very interesting comments, five stars. I have listened to The Archers for many years, but I've only just started with podcasts and I thoroughly enjoyed the views of plots and characters along with a fair amount of banter. Please keep it going. And that's from Ian Ram. Thank you, Ian Ram. Thank you, Ian. Uh, so that is a review on, on Apple iTunes. And and the wonderful thing is about if you write us a review, uh, fundamentally, uh, it means that we go higher up the iTunes charts. It means that more people get to hear the podcast. So uh, please write us a review if you do nothing else. And uh, you'll be helping out the podcast bigly, as Donald Trump used to say. Now, that's us. That's the call of That's That's reviews. Now, why don't we go to our Facebook group and see what they've been talking about this week. So it's... Uh, Time for you to sit back for the roundup of the goings on of the Dumby Dum Facebook group with our Stephen Bowden. Hello, YouTube. Stephen here with the social media roundup. Linda was the subject of quite a bit of discussion this week, and it wasn't in her favour. Linda Snell is a horrible, egotistical, power crazed harpy. Change my mind, challenged Rob Williams. That storyline does my head in. Being rude to somebody staying at your guest house, said Kay Goff. And Wendy Rowcroft agreed. So ridiculous. Ardell would have left immediately after her incredibly rude remarks. And it wasn't just her treatment of Ardell. It was also Oliver's offer to fund the fate. She's cutting off her nose to spite the village face, isn't she? Noted Lillian McCarthy. Why are they making her so unpleasant? Indeed, agreed Joanne Smith. And when did she get the authority to make sweeping decisions for the whole committee? I know she thinks of herself as the Queen of Ambridge, but that doesn't mean it's actually up to her to make the final decision here. And Darcy Jorgensen was very much of the same mind. Why is Linda continuing to be so spiteful? I want a Ferris wheel. Keith Rawlins wondered whether the programme was adopting something of an anti-chicken factory posture. This triggered quite a debate, including whether Dumpty Dummers would be happy working at such a place. It's well worth having a look to see the excellent arguments made on both sides. And wherever you come down, I'm sure you all agree with Andrea Turner, 
who pointed out that it's good to have an insight into more realistic jobs and not just the la-di-da vegetable box, cheese-making, pizza vans that are so far removed from the reality of many people's lives. Alistair and Denise were the subject of quite a bit of speculation. Is everybody thinking, Bernadette Cagnoni began, Ali and Denise sitting in a tree? <laughs> yes, yes, I think we are, enthused Sheila English. But Ber- Elizabeth Burney noted, she is married. Christine Porter, Jan Mitchell and Dickie Turdus hadn't realised this. Pay attention, chided Joan Dines Reynolds. All discussed in detail between Jacob, Alistair and Denise. And most of us deduce the marital situation is as being less than happy. On a brighter note, Lillian McCarthy cried, Hurrah for Will! and his pots. Jan Mitchell wondered, Maybe connecting with his artistic side has been transformative. Yes, I know, his pottery looks like blobs, but it's the doing that matters. And Audrey Brown was even more optimistic. I wonder if his work will snag Russ's attention and lead to a sell-out show and worldwide <laughs> fame. Talking of Russ, whatever the fallout of last week's rave might be in Ambridge, on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, the question on everybody's lips was, how old is he? We came out with lots of theories, but I don't think we concluded anything more than that he is somewhere in his 40s. Elsewhere, Martin Hunter Craig shared an appreciation of the life and career of Mona Hammond, who died this week. She's generally remembered for her appearances in EastEnders, Coronation Street and Desmond's, but known to Dumpty Dummers as Mabel Thompson, Alan's mother-in-law and Amy's grandmother. And Benjamin Kevin posted a picture of what he claimed was Clara the Combine Harvester, who will be visiting Ambridge after all, thanks to Linda's last-minute change of heart. And with that, I'll hand you back to the studio. Thank you for that, Stephen. Uh, So that's our Facebook group. Uh, Now we should uh, welcome, as we do in time-honoured fashion, we should welcome our new Facebook members. So this week we had Brenda Tobias, Denise Flanagan, Gary Stanage, and Alan Cox. We welcome you to our assemblage. Welcome all. We're also on Twitter under at DumTDum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and an A. So the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum on Twitter, I can be found under the address at Jberto Sanguen. Smashing. So if we're talking about Twitter, it's obviously time for Tweets of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. With thanks as ever to those of you sending at Dumpty Dum your selection of notable tweets for inclusion. My nomination for Twitter exchange of this week goes to Rosie Porty, at Porty Rosie, late of this parish, responding to teeing up tweets from our own Stephen Bowden at Wenlock House and self-declared Dumpty Dum influencer Bernadette Hawkes at ArchersFan2015. 
Stephen suggested maybe Steph can work alongside Tracy at the chicken factory. Bernadette added that would be the best punishment for her and at Porty Rosie could add enhancements. And Rosie finished off with Once I've identified a fabulous new job for Tracy and the rest of the workers, I'm planning on using Steph and Gemma as the starter fuel for burning down the factory. (laughs) (laughs) Next to my medal winners for Tweet of the Week. In bronze position, it's Gwen Lawton, at Gwen Lawton 1. Note, this zip thing, one of the more ridiculous plot devices. But I suppose they had throwing coffee over a potential love interest last week. In silver, it's our regular John Porter at Pie and a Pint. Somewhere on a farm near Naples, there's a desperate Italian family arguing over whether making their own Borsetshire blue is the way to save their business. <laughs> and in gold, it's Charlie Notton at 19 CEN with a poem that we might call Tracy's Lament. I'm not a chicken plucker, plucking chickens on these tables. Yet I'm stood here plucking chickens because Ardil closed Grey Gables. That's it for this week. Our old friend at 13 Minute Man, Quentin Rayner, will be standing in for me next week. So do send him your tips and suggestions and I'll see you at the following week's Tweet Along. Bye for now. Pam is about about that Tweet of the Week winner. Yeah, definitely. It was very good. Hey, it was good. It was very good indeed. I always right. admire anybody who can uh, put a bit of a ditty together like that. So. Me too. I struggle to put together a podcast in about eight years' practice. <laughs> just the eight, just the one. You must have put hundreds <laughs> together. <laughs> All right. Well, don't I'm, I'm don't a... forget uh, we're on Instagram as well at Dumpty Dum. Do you yes, follow folks. us there? Sorry, yes. that, was, uh, that wasn't my bit, was it? Sorry. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> you know, thank you. Because I actually thought you were going to go straight to the red bit, but I'd, yeah. I'd forgotten there's a bit in black. So you saw that I was about to uh, make a mistake. You saw it and you <laughs> headed it off at the <laughs> Anticipated bar. Anticipated well it, indeed. Well yes. Oh, done. such professionalism these days. Well, you know what? Um, you know, we're a team. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, he's dropped the ball here. But no, I... <laughs> I anticipated you dropping the ball. <laughs> you did, you did indeed. Well done. And well, um, so, um, well, shall we end then with the last I, bit of I, red? I think we should. I think we should. Um, do you want to do the red or shall I do the red? You do the red because I did it last right. week. Thanks as ever to our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. Also many thanks to P&Q for their sterling work in the last year that's been your dumpty dum i feel that we'd be much more professional this week we've actually got into our stride Royce, haven't we because we've we been, have. been doing this about we five weeks now and i've got used to not going to bed at nine o'clock on a sunday evening <laughs> i have to wait up until 10 look what time is it now god it's half 11 <laughs> so um well, just say one quick thing which i've completely forgot to say um so this weekend i've been out at the mosey jazz festival uh, Mosley's a wonderful area of Birmingham. And who did I bump into? But one, Kerry Davis. So, really? Uh, so special big ups to, to Kerry Davis. Yes, I haven't seen Kerry in at least three years, I'm going to say. He was there uh, with, with his partner. And he's a, he, that man cuts a fine dash. 
that's all yeah, I'm going to say. I've seen pictures Bye. of him. with always has a nice hat and uh, protected his uh, bonds from the hot sun in Birmingham, I guess. Absolutely. It was hot, you know, and uh, but it was lovely to see Kerry and he listens to the podcast. So big ups to you, Kerry. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's that's you. a dumpy dump. Thank you. Ta-da. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.